The North Forker Weekend Podcast is brought to you by Sherry Winter Parker of Corcoran. Sherry is the North Fork's top real estate agent and top producer from 2005 through 2020. Hello, everyone. I am Sarah Austin, Editorial Director of North Forker, and we're here with another edition of the North Forker Podcast. Thank you for joining me, and also thank you for joining me, Charity Roby, uh, my co-pilot today. (laughs) We are very excited to be here today because it is September, a magical time on the North Fork, and it is also magazine release week. We have a new issue out, and it's one of everybody's favorite issues, the food issue. Um, Are you excited to talk about food on the North Fork today, Charity? I'm so excited. There's so much, you know, we we are in a food paradise here. We really are. And yeah. We really are. And, you know, I said in my editor's note, you know, Americans, I think, are a little weird and crazy about food sometimes, you know, they're like overly restrictive or they eat too much or they, you know, kick themselves for what they eat or they judge other people for what they eat. And we get so many confused messages about food. And I feel like North Forkers are just so blessedly sane about (laughs) food. And I, I think maybe it has something to do with the fact that we actually, you know, can meet and know the people that make our food that, that, you know, we, we associate our food with our neighbors. And um, it's almost like you're at a dinner party and somebody else did the hard work and made you a wonderful dinner. And, you know, you think about the joy of eating with friends and it's, it's almost like that's every meal here. So I just, I love the way this entire area approaches, not only how we prepare uh, and serve food, but also how we think about food. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. There's also, there's a distinct lack of fussiness in North Fork eating. Like we're, we're fine with eating things raw and eating thing, you know, like we, we, I mean, we love to cook, but you know, there's, there's an appreciation here of something that's really fresh because we can get something that's really fresh. So we can tell the difference, you know, it's, it's a, we really, we know what peaches taste like because they're growing here. And, uh, you know, so I think it makes us, uh, it makes us, you know, better eaters. That's right. We don't refrigerate our tomatoes here. We are proud. Oh, you don't have to. Snubs. <laughs> so, you don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. So you'll get a lot. I hope when you read our new issue, you'll get a lot of that joy, um, the joy of eating, which is what we wanted to come through in the issue. Um, And speaking of the joy of eating, one of our favorite features that we do every year is talk about the best thing we ate um, this year so far. Obviously, the year is not over. There's still lots of time for great holiday meals. But um, so far, Charity, what was the best thing you ate in 2021? Well, it was it was the gnocchi at Isola, which is uh, a restaurant that I live near on Shelter Island, and um, this stuff is just fantastic. I I um, actually took a, a class in making gnocchi this year, and one of the great things I actually didn't really learn how to make it very well myself. However, I developed an appreciation for it. I now know what it's supposed to be like. And so I know that this gnocchi that uh, they make at Isola is it is absolutely fantastic. They're pillowy, they're tender, 
um, he makes the the chef there is Sixto Coronel, and he makes a kind of sage mushroom. It's a very light sauce um, to go with it, and it's oh, it's just exquisite. It's it's fantastic, and and it's very local because I I can walk there and then I can roll home afterwards. So it's 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 great. This is a problem. We're only a few minutes into the podcast and I am already extremely hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> the best thing I ate, it was very hard to choose and I have a long list, but in the issue, I wrote a little ode to the scallion pancake at Opti's and Dinghy's in Orient, um, just because I, I love a scallion pancake and I often have ordered them for, from takeout places for many years. And this is the flakiest, most delicious and delicate scallion pancake I have had. And it really just um, is befitting a place that is a, a strange but wonderful combination of Asian dumpling shop and French patisserie. Um, so just everything there is so delicious that comes out of that tiny kitchen. So I just wanted to give them some props. I love getting takeout there, some dumplings and a scallion pancake and some ginger ice cream. And I'll take that down to Truman's Beach right around sunset and just, um, you know, chow down during the, <laughs> enjoy the light. It's really a, a kind of perfect picnic. So that was my best thing I ate so far this year. Um, one my, yeah, one of my other favorite um, articles in the issue, Charity, is one that you wrote about um, a chef and food um, policymaker that I have long admired, Sam Cass, who oh. is um, now Thank a North Fork neighbor in Kutchog. Tell us about your visit to him in his Kutchog garden. Oh, you know, it was so much fun. I mean, so first of all, uh, when we got there, a hurricane had blown through that morning and um, it had uh, knocked over some of the corn and which uh, Sam's mom was actually busy, you know, sort of writing. And we entered this garden that was just like, I mean, it was like Eden, you know, it's a very diverse garden. It has a million, he's raising a million different things there. Things that, some of them are things that he, that he can't get, um, you know, on, on the North Fork, they're specialized because he is a chef. Um, but some of them are just, you know, things that are great grown, you know, grown in your in your yard that they just eat a lot of, you know, the lettuces and and tomatoes and the, you know, the, the zucchinis and the squashes that are, you know, that are fairly common, but that are so great if you have them, you know, right nearby. And the other wonderful thing about about this this place and this garden is how um, kind of integrated it is with his family life and, you know, his his son is running around, you know, harvesting the garlic and, you know, the cat's running around and it, his mom's there. And it's, it's a, so it's, it's, it's got a lot of qualities of, of really an idyllic way of living. And then on top of all that, it's kind of a, a demonstration of kind of farming best practices. And this is conscious, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is something that, that he, you know, that he designed into it. Um, so first of all, he built this garden on an old driveway. It was it was a circular driveway in front of the house. And he basically installed or built raised beds on this driveway. So he took blacktop and turned it into, you know, this this garden. Um, and he grows a, these diver, a, diver, a number of diverse crops 
Um, again, this is sort of a microcosm of what, you know, what is happening increasingly at sustainable farms. You know, they're not just depending on a monoculture, they're growing a variety of things. And then, uh, you know, he's, he's an incredibly knowledgeable, charming guide to his, to his garden. And I think you see that when you, you know, when you read, when you read the piece that he, you know, he has strong opinions about, about how food should be, you know, should be raised uh, sustainably. And he expresses them and he lives them. And Chef Cass is perhaps best known as the former White House chef during the oh, Obama yes. years. I failed to mention that. Built, yeah, he built or helped build, obviously, Michelle Obama's famous vegetable garden at the White House and run her Let's Move program um, to promote nutrition uh, to families. Did he talk about his time at the White House and how that has um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think, I think it was a very, very exciting time. I think it was uh, a time that in some ways, uh, you know, he, he, he knew that he had, uh, that there was a platform, that there was, this, this was a, um, you know, the world was looking at what they were doing there. And they had arrived at a time and a place when they could do this, you know, this was, so I think he, he felt that, he felt the importance of what they were doing um, and, uh, and took it very seriously and, and, you know, did, made the most of it. Um, so it was, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the sort of, um, um, it was a big deal. It wasn't a minor experience. You know, it wasn't a sort of, oh yeah, we built a garden. It was no big deal. It was a big deal. And uh, <laughs> definitely a big deal. Definitely. Well, I really, I, I recommend this piece um, that Charity wrote her profile of Sam Cast to everyone. It's a really great read. Um, and uh, speaking of strong opinions on farming, we also have um, an essay in this issue written by our local um, poultry farmer um, from Feisty Acres Farm, Abra Morowick. Um, very happy to have her writing about um, animal farming and, and the title of the piece is In Defense of Meat. Uh, and she talks about some of the pushback that um, has happened culturally with Epicurious banning coverage of beef. Um, and of course, Eleven Madison Park, one of our most famous um, NYC restaurants going all plant-based and um, some of the messaging around um, animal farming being, um, you know, bad for the, the planet and, and for climate change. And, you know, she makes an impassioned case um, that her, the farm she uses for her poultry farm, you know, is repurposed, gifted to her, not gifted, but, um, you know, the Peconic Land Trust works with them to reclaim this land that, again, was on a, on a parking lot, could not be used to grow um, crops or produce um, for human consumption, but makes a wonderful pasture for pasture-raised um, quail and partridges and um, hens and all sorts of uh, exotic birds that they keep there on the farm. And um, I was fascinated by her perspective. I always love hearing from our local North Fork farmers about what it's really like <laughs> to be a farmer um, versus you know, what you're, what you imagine or what you read and, um, you know, uh, oh, read on Epicurious. <laughs> no, she's not coded. I mean, she's, she's, she's honest always about, you know, what's going on there. She's completely transparent. 
about their practices, which, you know, which are excellent. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an admirable uh, farm, really. Yeah, so I hope everyone will give it a read and tell us um, what you think. You know, she's not suggesting everyone has to eat meat, but she's making an argument for uh, the value of animal farming in for our planet and for the ecosystem, even if you personally, um, you know, don't consume meat. So give it a read. I think it's really fascinating. Um, and if you are a meat eater, you might be interested in another story um, that our contributor Felicia Lalomia wrote about smoked food. Now it's not just meat, although there are some delicious looking um, smoked meats from Eight Hands Farm um, in the story. It is a trend piece about how all of the chefs across the North Fork are suddenly smoking everything food-wise, I mean. (laughs) 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 They're um, smoking onions, potatoes, uh, pineapples. um, Cauliflower. Yes, cauliflower from the North Fork food tables, food truck, a delicious smoked cauliflower happening over there. Um, We wrote about some smoked fish at Hook and Net, which is the new fish market um and sort of so far beyond locks (laughs) or yeah you you checked this out yourself right did you enjoy that smoked fish from oh yeah no they they have great uh they have great uh great grits she's smoking um bluefish scallops uh salmon um but not like locks i mean this is smoked salmon you know smoked more a dry a sort of a dry a dry smoke um swordfish i mean it's i just had some of the swordfish this past weekend fantastic just really a lot of a lot of mainly our local fish um oh um mussels smoked mussels oh my gosh fantastic um yeah i've heard people raving about the food at hook and net and what i love about this piece is it gives you all sorts of ideas of places like eight hands farm and hook and net that are uh, making delicious smoked foods that you can go purchase but it also gives you hacks if you want to turn your home grill into a smoker um, or even you know, your oven. It just makes it very easy to try this um, smoked food trend at home. So we hope our home cooks will enjoy that story and tell us what they made at home. Um, and then I guess we'll wrap it up with a couple of stories we did on dessert, fittingly coming last. We looked at farm stand fruit pies. Yeah. Um, I mean, what more can I say? I think that speaks for itself. We <laughs> listed a few of our favorites on our um, recurring feature, The List, which um, lists our favorite foods on the North Fork every month. That has proved to be a very popular feature, unsurprisingly, um, with readers. This month, um, one of the pies that I endorse, I think, is the um, peach blueberry from Country View Farm Stand. Mm. That was um, one that I felt passionately about including. Um, I love Country View Farm Stand's pies. They're very close to our home, so they're sort of our our go-to for the farm stand pies. But, um, you know, is there anything more end of summer than peaches and blueberries um, the combination to me is just perfect summer food and, um, they always make a really, a delicious pie. 
also one of the most beautiful combinations. I mean, I love just looking at a piece of peach blueberry pie. It's gorgeous. Exactly, exactly. Um, any of the pies stand out to you on our- Well, okay, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I am a devotee of Briarmere's cream pies. Um, they, they have several of them. They make a raspberry, they make a blueberry, but the peach cream pie, when they have it, which is only during peach season, it has to be made with fresh peaches, is, is incredible. It is just incredible. First of all, it's like a dome of peach. It looks like, a, it looks like a, an architectural structure. It's incredible. It's studded with peaches on the top and underneath there's, there's the cream and then there are more peaches inside. And it's, it's, it sounds like it's, it's, I mean, it, it is a cream pie, but it, for some reason it's not cloying. It's, it's, it tastes light. All that's all I can tell you. You can, you can eat an amazing amount of it. It's, it's, and I do. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it must have Marsca, I don't know what, you know, it's not, it must have sour cream or something, but because it, it's a very light, um, uh, sweet and, uh, and delightful uh, cream pie. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with it. It, yeah, it's uh, a pretty. They sell them in these jewel-like cases, which they, they they deserve. So if you're ever thinking of bringing a pie as a gift to somebody, I highly recommend this thing because the presentation of it is just people will just faint when you uh, show up at their house with this thing. It's gorgeous. It is an absolute showstopper. On the other end of the spectrum, though, I love um, one of my favorites on the list is. Um, the uh, Breitenbach pies. Oh, and um, I, what I love about this place is their pies are delicious, but they also make miniature pies for like seven bucks, I wanna say. Mm -hmm. And it's just like two slices or so. Um, it's for the, you know, the people that just don't need that giant pie, but you really need your pie fix. <laughs> so, so there's a little, you know, tip if you're um, single or if you, you know, are maybe watching your giant pie consumption, <laughs> uh, the mini pies from Breitenbach Farms, thumbs up. Um, so we have all sorts of other fantastic stuff in this issue. We have a map of apple cider donuts, where to get them, where to enjoy right. them. I mean, we nothing. should all have one every day. It's September. You're going to need to eat one of those each day of September. Nice. Um, so get started on that right away. Uh, we looked at the new menu at Anchor in Greenport. They have um, totally overhauled their menu to focus on what they call nose to fin cooking using all parts of the fish from the roe to the, um, the scales of this fish are candied and put on the dessert for pie. It is really incredible, interesting, cutting edge cooking. So I recommend that piece. Yeah, too. salmon collars. I'm all over those salmon collars. You, if you see those at South Pole Fish Market and wonder what to do with them, now take, check out those anchor ones and you'll know. Exactly. We've got a piece about the perfect North Fork sandwich, telling you where to get all of your sandwich ingredients and how to put them together. Um, and we have... Um, a cover that features the kimchi fried rice, a contiki in Greenport. It is as delicious as it looks on our cover. So you can read all about how um, the chef there makes that um, cult item kimchi fried rice, which 
just keeps coming up every year on our list of the best things I eat all year. So we figured we might as well just go in there and get an in-depth look at everything behind that. So we hope that you will read the issue. We hope you will eat lots of the food in the issue. And as always, tell us what you're eating and what you're loving. And we um, look forward to hearing your feedback. And we look forward to joining you next week for another podcast. Meanwhile, have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Have a good one, Charity. Thanks, you too. I will.